Okay, Jasmine, do you mind starting us off by reading yes. Mark chapter six, verses 30? No, I don't. I, know, I always do that. I did that yes, before. Yes, I'm yeah. just like, yes, I mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let me start. Yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Verse 30, chapter 6, Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread for they had nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples and set to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. All right. Okay, there's so much in this passage. Yeah. Yes. So let's start. What's the first invitation that Jesus gave to his disciples? Mm. Come away and yes. rest a while, because they had just um, mm. been on a missionary campaign, so to speak. Yeah. Um, they had just taken the gospel to all the villages, and they had cast out demons. And so I think they're probably emotionally, mm. spiritually, and physically tired. I think about Elijah after his encounter with the prophets of Baal, yeah. you know, that's like yeah. demonic and yet it's so powerful. You know, God works and the sacrifice is taken up. But after that, he's just wrung out. He's mm -hmm. just so tired. And, you know, he gets scared of Jezebel and he runs and, you know, the angel feeds him and just says, like, sleep. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Jesus is going to show them a different type of rest. Because what we get in this passage is, you know, he says, you know, come away and rest a while. Yes. But he takes them and there's these crowds and it mm -hmm. doesn't look like rest. Yeah. But it is because there is this, I think the lack of rest is when we feel so responsible mm -hmm. to get things done for Jesus. When we put it all on ourselves, kind of like Mary and Martha, when it's like, Lord, don't you care that, you know, Mary has left me alone, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in Luke chapter 10. And we get that kind of that martyr syndrome mm -hmm. and we don't rest. We feel like we got to do more and we're not doing enough and nothing that we do seems to measure up. So I think Jesus is going to show them that there's a deeper rest when you're just leaning into and leaning on Jesus. Mm, yeah, Abiding in Him. Yeah. And like last week we were talking about the spiritual element, about the spiritual warfare that comes with right. that authority He'd given them to mm. cast out demons and those right. things that keep people from salvation, that keep right. them from coming to faith in Christ. There is a spiritual element that's very exhausting too. And so here they are being with Jesus. And like you said, that that is giving them a different kind of rest. And so many times we just, I feel like in our culture, we want to please ourselves. And it's sort of that, what are they, yeah. what's that self, um, there's like this new mantra that people say like that they want to like take care of themselves and stuff. And it's self like taking self-care, yeah. which like, yes, is good. But then there's an element where it can become really self-indulgent. Self yeah. self indulgent. Indulgent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Whereas you can find rest when you're spending time with Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we, we see Jesus himself doing that. You know, when he goes to spend time with the Father, that's like he, he recharges. You know what I mean? There's, mm -hmm. he, he knows the, the right kind of rest that's needed. Mm -hmm. the, like you said, leaning into him is the rest. And I, and I think to put this back in the context too, you know, we just said they've come back from this missionary endeavor, but at the same time, John the Baptist has been murdered mm -hmm. um, by Herod. Yeah. And so I think that there is this um, need for realignment. And I think that rest is actually realignment. It's realignment of our body with its, its functions and realignment with, you know, just 
kind of uh, getting realigned. And so the rest they need is to see that even though John is gone, everything's going to be okay. And I think especially of um, John, the disciple John and then Andrew, because they were John the Baptist disciples yeah. before they were yeah. Jesus' disciples. And how painful yeah. that is. And you know, no doubt they thought, oh, wow, when John gets out of prison, wait till John and Jesus work together, you know? <laughs> Just those kind of ideas that we get of how ministry is going to look. And when something so, um, and when John the Baptist died over such a stupid reason, oh, no, something yeah. so, it's so wrong. It's so it like wrong. Right. Yeah. Such a waste, so Maybe wrong. Maybe they were afraid too that that could happen to them if right. they follow Christ closely. Right. Mm. So they've got all these things. So this so is really important. So what are some things that we can do to, to enter into that rest and to find that rest? Oh. Like practically and personally. Well, I, I think it's interesting that it says to strive to enter into the rest that he has for us in Hebrews chapter right. four. And when it's talking about that rest, it's talking about faith. Mm. That faith yeah. is the rest. And it's when we believe in Jesus, it's when we give over to Jesus, when we put things, Paul says, um, I know whom I have believed in, and I am convinced that he is able to mm -hmm. keep that which I have committed to him mm -hmm. against that day. I find rest when I give something completely over to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And There's I don't peace. find rest if I don't give it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I know that Nancy, uh, Nancy, a friend of mine, Nancy, Sylvester, used to say that we have um, rod and reel mm -hmm. with our cares. Like, I give it to oh. Jesus, but now I'm going to take it back. It on the I hook. give it, yes. Mm -hmm. And just how there's that need to completely say, I gave that to Jesus mm -hmm. and I'm going to rest in his promises. I gave that to you, Jesus, on this day. I gave that to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to talk in a couple of weeks on um, uh, women you should know about. A, a, we haven't done it yet, but uh, <laughs> Pauline Hamilton is one of my favorite missionaries. Mm -hmm. And she went over to serve in China. And she found out that her mother had died and she was worried about her father. So she came back for her um, mother's funeral to take care of her father. And when she walked in the door, her father said to her, I gave you to Jesus. I gave you to Jesus. I will not take back from Jesus what I have given to him. Mm. And for her, that was a great release to go back and be able to serve. Mm -hmm. But I thought, how incredible is, is that commitment? I gave that to Jesus. And that's where I find yeah. rest. No, it's funny. I was, I was thinking of, uh, again, another missionary story, <laughs> as you said that. And we were talking last week about Hudson Taylor, but uh, that just triggered something, uh, a reminder about how he uh, went through a nervous breakdown. That's he was right. He's known as like a man of faith and he was yeah, walking and right. living by faith, but I think he had gotten to a place where he was uh, trying to manufacture faith. And I remember- It was right he, after the Boxer Rebellion. Yes, and what a devastating thing that was where you Losing. take on responsibility. Again, like, it's like John the Baptist dying. Yeah. He's lost all these missionaries yeah. and he's what feeling responsible yes, exactly. for it. And exactly. what did I do wrong? And yeah. could I have protected them more? Yeah, again? and he had a friend who had who wrote him a letter and it was just a release for him to realize faith is giving it all back to Jesus. There's nothing you can do about it and letting go and realizing, because I feel like that is something we do think is that we have to manufacture faith and prove that we really trust God. I really do have mm. faith. I really do believe mm -hmm. you. And it's like, no, just, Rest, let go it's and trust. It's like the hymn, which was became one of Hudson Taylor's favorite hymns, and it's Jesus, I am yes, resting, resting. I am resting in thee. And mm -hmm. he was he was humming that, and somebody mm -hmm. said, isn't that a little callous? Yeah. And he said, I can do no more than give it to God, and I can do no less than give it to God. Mm -hmm. And the, the hymn goes, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. Um, I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. Mm -hmm. And so there is that thought of, of um, just believing Jesus and believing his word. It, it's yeah. kind of like, um, I remember as a little girl being scared until my dad walked in the room. Mm -hmm. And when my dad was there, I wasn't mm -hmm. afraid at all. And there's that sense yes. of, when Jesus is, when I give that to Jesus, I don't have to be afraid. Mm -hmm. I don't have to fear. I gave that to Jesus. Mm -hmm. He is going to work and he's going to do the best work. 
Amen. Yeah, and so we see in this situation, they don't actually get to go away and have nope. the physical rest that they were expecting. But don't you love the desperation of the people? Right. I mean, yeah. they see it and they anticipate where the boat's gonna land and they Crazy. start running mm -hmm. and they're running so much that they forget to take food. They forget yeah. to take anything with them. It's just like, There's there Jesus. he is. We wanna be with him know, wherever like he is. I was so convicted by this though, because I was thinking if I was one of the disciples, I'd be like, you've gotta be kidding me. Yeah. You guys are following us. Can't you leave us alone? Like, honestly, that's, I was like repenting as I'm reading this. I'm like, man, Lord, well, don't you my think heart is- that a little bit? Yes, well, I, I know that's just that human in, and natural. Yes, but. contrast, Jesus yes. has compassion and yeah. makes time for the people, but the disciples' response is send them away. Yeah. Yes, but, but see, that's something interesting too, uh, because I, I like to look at this with all the deficits. Okay. So mm -hmm. yeah. the disciples have a deficit of emotional energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, they yeah. don't, and they've got a deficit of strength. Mm -hmm. They don't really have the strength. They're tired, yeah. right? And then you've got a deficit of time because they're saying it's getting late. So there's not much time. You've got a deficit of resources. Mm -hmm. You know, there's Bible no place to go yeah. Yeah. To, to buy the things. And then you've got also a deficit of money. Mm -hmm. And it, it, 200 denarii, even if we had it, mm. wouldn't be Would enough be waste? Yeah. Uh, to do this. And yeah. I think about how we so often focus on all the deficits yeah. mm. instead of focusing on Jesus. Mm -hmm. And deficits are nothing to Jesus. Mm. You know, and it doesn't matter, like a deficit of the right emotion. Yeah. Like even if we don't have the yeah. right emotion. Yes, the right care and You compassion. know, because we always put it on, um, our irresponsibility, oh, I didn't you know, get enough of this and I didn't do that and I right. didn't do that. And Jesus is removing all responsibility. He's taking them out and he's gonna do a miracle when they're tired, they're cranky, they have no energy, mm. they have no money, they have no time, uh, they're in a deserted place, no resources. Mm. Jesus is gonna do the miracle when they least deserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and doesn't that give him all the glory then? It does. You can't take any on you That's like, right. I had so much faith God did this. It's yes. Like, no. Yeah, it's like, I didn't even want Jesus to do anything. It's like, oh, please, not tonight. I'm tired. That the, like uh -huh. that Corey Ten Boom story yes. where she's like praying, I'm tired, I don't want people to yes. get saved, yes. you know, and she yes. had to confess that, you know. In Cuba, when she was yes. in Cuba. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was my takeaway too from today, just that thought that Jesus wants us to take what we have. He doesn't want us to have to muster something yes. up or come up with something. Yeah. He wants us to start with right where he's at. And like you said, then he gets the glory. So mm. you take what's in your hand yes. and then he wants to use it. I want yeah. to tell you something really interesting about mm -hmm. this uh, as uh, has to do with the Salvation Army um, in feeding the homeless, mm. that they realized that first Jesus taught and then he fed. And they realized mm. the way to deal with, you know, kind of mm. this ministry was first to teach and then to feed. Yeah. Doesn't and Fred they, Jordan's mission do that yes. too? And they, but they got it all from, yes, but it was from this story in the mm. Bible. And of course, the time when he feeds the 4,000 that they said, you know, this is how Jesus did it. Because they found them, they fed him. Nobody would stay for the studies. Mm. And then they read this like, wait, Jesus first taught. Smart. Mm, he fed. Smart. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, and and the there's an element too of meeting that spiritual need right. yes. and that spiritual hunger and then satisfying the physical yeah. hunger. And you wonder how many even noticed it afterwards. Huh. And then too, I love... Um, I love that there's green grass yeah, and everyone that, yeah. ate as much as they wanted. They mm -hmm. were all satisfied. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing just to give enough to get them home. Right. He could have done the minimum, but he yeah. did the maximum. And then one other thought, when we give to Jesus, he might break it. Ooh. Mm -hmm. You know, he's gonna bless it. He might break it. And it seems like he's diminishing it but he's actually multiplying it. Yes. That's so good. Yeah, it's, I remember there was a quote that says, our master does no halfway jobs. Mm. He's gonna go all the way. Yeah, like you said, yeah. even when it looks like a breaking, it's gonna right. be abundant what the results are going to be. Mm -hmm. And I love too, kind of going back to like that thought on the deficits as well, that we would never put ourselves in a place of deficit. Mm -hmm. We don't wanna have that. We wanna have it together. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just human mm -hmm. nature, but Jesus is going to, allow that and strip those things away yeah. so that we have to rely. And in John so chapter six, we find out that this was a boy's lunch, or as they call it, a lad's yeah. lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I mean, you think that five little loaves and mm. two fish, and it was enough maybe to satisfy that little boy. Mm -hmm. But the willingness of that little boy, once we give it to Jesus, no matter how little, 
Mm. He can then do something miraculous and feed a multitude. And we were talking, I think it was last week, about our hoarded resources. Yeah. And um, there's a scripture, um, he giveth more grace. And when we come Mm -hmm. to the end of our hoarded resources, Giveth and giveth and giveth again. Is it that? That that song, yeah. 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 But um, when we have only half exhausted our hoarded resources, Mm. our Father's Mm. giving has only begun. You know? I love it. Good perspective. Any other takeaways before we move on? Well, because we need to move on, I'll be quiet. I think those are, yeah, I mean, that sums They're so so good. Okay, day 32. Mark 6, 45 through 52. Cheryl, do you mind reading it? Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat. I love that. And go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. Well into the night, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. He saw them straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Very early in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea and wanted to pass by them. When they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke with them and said, have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. They were completely astounded because they had not understood about the loaves. Instead, mm-hmm. their hearts were hardened. Hmm. So here, I know it's very interesting. Yeah. We see Jesus going to the mountain to pray and then we just see the disciples being sent by Jesus out onto the sea back across. And so what is the disciples predicament here? Sorry. Oh, did you have something you want to? Just really quickly about Jesus uh, going to pray. That just kind of struck me. I know we, we talk about this a lot, how he would go off to pray. And just the reminder again that prayer was his recharge. And I feel like sometimes when I think of recharging, I think, oh, I'm just going to watch a show on Netflix or mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? To us, recharging is like to veg. And, but for Jesus, recharging was prayer. And I'm like, oh my goodness, realignment, you know, like you were talking about before. My, like, my that's charge a, in the morning is reading my Bible. Yeah. That, and yeah. I think it's probably yours too. But, yes, that, yeah, but that's like, day, if I like, don't have that time in the morning, my whole day is discombobulated. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, true. I need that true. time in the morning. In fact, I used to say to my kids, do you want a nice mommy who reads your Bible or do you want a mean mommy who doesn't? And so they're like, and if, you know, some days they'd be like, did you read your Bible? And you're like, oh, oops. Sorry. You know, yeah. better be good. Uh, another thing too, mm. like you said, I, um, I love that Jesus sent the crowd away himself. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he didn't let the disciples, because I think they are cranky at this time. Yeah. And I think they are tired and they're exhausted Jesus and it's be been one more thing. Yeah. And I think he wants he knows how to send them away. Mm-hmm. And he takes that very, it's such a personal thing mm-hmm. that he does with the crowd. So we see him with this personal interaction with the crowd right. and this personal interaction with his father. Mm. And he's and, making time, yes. time with his father. And yes. then he sees the disciples in their predicament. And, yep. and to me, that's interesting because, I mean, obviously he's looking and they haven't even made it halfway across the, the sea. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, it didn't, it didn't, um, help them. It didn't prosper them. It it didn't. It wasn't to their advantage to leave Jesus. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if they had waited, it would have gone much easier. And you know, they probably like, I I want to get home. It's late. We've been on this long journey. I want to get home. And so he says, Go ahead, go. Yeah. And it didn't. It, di- it wasn't to their advantage to go without I Jesus. I read two different gospels. Like one said, he told them, go get in the boat. Yes. And then one of the other gospels said that they waited by the shore for him. So John it's like six. he had sent them, but then they waited thinking like, he's going to be here in a minute. So we'll wait. And I was wondering like, what if they hadn't waited? What if they had immediately obeyed him when he said, go get in the boat and start your journey, go across the sea. Oh. Like, would they have missed the storm altogether if they had just gone when I he told they, them to go? I think they were meant to hit the storm. Mm-hmm. I think, again, it's another opportunity to see Jesus as they've never seen him mm-hmm. before. And I was looking More for the scripture, but I, um, the closest I got was Isaiah 43, 6. And it says, this is what the Lord says, who makes a path in the sea and a mm-hmm. path through the waters. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking, there's no obstacles to God. There's no obstacles for to get, like 
Jesus had no obstacle between him and his disciples. There was no obstacle to save them and to help them. No obstacles. There's, you know, water, walls, countries, uh, geographic, topographical. There's no there's nothing that will keep Jesus from helping. And it shows the control and the and the purpose that he had in all of this. He mm-hmm. could have just come right away, but he saw them, you know, he, he saw them struggling, but yes. he had a purpose in that. It yes. wasn't just, you know what I mean? But like, look at how the wind is contrary to the disciples. Like, look at all the roadblocks. The yeah. dis- like, the disciples can't walk on water, even right. though Peter will try um, in a different gospel. But the disciples don't have, water is an obstacle, wind yeah. is an obstacle, yeah. um, their lagging energy is an obstacle, and they can't make headway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Jesus has no obstacles. He walks on the water. You know, there. the wind doesn't affect him. The, the, the waves, the water doesn't affect him, well, you, you know? see the last time he was in the boat with them. And so maybe mm. their faith would have been stronger if he was in the boat with them, but now they're by themselves and their faith is tested once again. Another mm-hmm. unique opportunity, like mm-hmm. you said, seeing Jesus in all these different circumstances, like Cheryl said before. Okay, I have but, to say this too. When he speaks to them, I'm going down to question four. Okay. The actual um, thing is he says, have courage, It, um, I am, do not be afraid. He says, I am. And again, this is that name. I am what my people need. Mm-hmm. It is, he actually says, mm. Yahweh. Yeah, yeah. I am, mm. I am. And so because of who Jesus is, have courage. There's no need to fear. Yeah. I, I've just been reading this book by um, Joel Turner on mm-hmm. uh, humor. And he, he says, he loves this. He thinks this is humorous because Jesus says, take courage. Before anything, like he's like, the first thing he says, right? Yeah, like, take courage. And they're like, how? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he tells them to take courage before he even identifies himself. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I am. Yeah. You know, and he's just cruising. That's also yes. funny. The fact yes. that he's just cruising by. Yeah. Oh, hey, guys, right what are you doing out yeah, here? Yeah. I'm just walking by. You got some problems, but, guys. Yeah, yeah. I totally. Um, I love that, the I am aspect. I also liked the NLT because it said, mm-hmm. uh, don't be afraid, take courage, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And that to me was just, again, it's his presence. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that I'm here, guys. And this is similar to what you were saying about your dad walking in the room. It made me think of when I was a kid. I remember when my parents would go have date night and we'd have a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Even though you know we had the babysitter there and everything, I would get, sometimes if they were gone a long time, I would get nervous and I'd be worrying about, man, from the time I was little, I was born worrying. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, but I'd just be like, oh man, what if they got in an accident? What if I couldn't fall asleep? But the minute they got home, you know, I'm out because I just, just knowing that they were there, like their presence brought oh, immediate you're the peace. older sister. You had to take care yeah, of your maybe little sister. Yeah, maybe anything could have happened. Yeah, exactly. I'm responsible for Maddie. Now I have to raise her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, just, just the fact that why don't I, I, I want to have that more with Jesus too. Yeah. Just the fact that I am, I am here. That's enough yeah. to bring instant peace. And I love the I am because um, I read this commentary and I loved it. So Jesus did what God alone could do mm-hmm. and used God's name to identify himself. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. He's doing the impossible. Yes. Yes. And so here we're seeing too, Jesus was amazed that they had hard hearts. And so here, Jesus is the I am, Mm. but the disciples' hearts, like they didn't see his power that he could do this. Mm. What do you think about that? That spoke to me so much because again, going back to like last week when we talked about Nazareth, Mm -hmm. that they didn't, they did. They refused to see what they saw and hear what they heard. Mm-hmm. And with the disciples, I think um, in ministry, this is a big problem that you can get so involved with the job of ministry mm-hmm. that you stop seeing the people and the miracles mm. and the changed lives and enjoying ministry. It becomes a job. And whenever ministry becomes a job, you're in a bad place. Mm-hmm. And I think being, being a disciple was beginning to be a job. Instead of a blessing, and I think like, oh yeah, this is what we do. We're Jesus disciples. We take authority over demons. We pass out the food that He gives, and they didn't Where we realize just served all day long. Yes, and now mm. we're sitting here in the middle of the night, yes. in the middle of a storm. Instead of like, we just fed yeah. five thousand men and women and children on a boy's with, lunch. On a yeah. boy's lunch, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose. I don't, I don't want a hardened heart. Mm-hmm. I want to still 
feel the um, amazing excitement, wonder. the wonder of what God is doing. Totally, that's great. And that, I mean, I was even thinking of the Israelites, of yes. course, and just yes. they lost the wonder of what God was doing to provide for them. And I just think, man, but isn't that crazy how human nature is that we can yes. get that hard heart. Yes. And I was thinking, no wonder so many times in the Bible, it says, remember what the Lord has done, rehearsing those things yeah. to, re-encourage that faith I, and I wonder. I looked up the word heart because it's gonna come up a little mm. bit later too in our study this mm -hmm. week. And the word heart is mentioned in the Bible 832 times. Mm. What does that tell you? <laughs> it tells yeah. you that this is an issue and that we have to guard our hearts mm. against mm. hardness. Yes. That we have to pray, Lord, keep me from a hard heart. I yep. think of the Pat Benatar song, I'm gonna harden my heart. <laughs> And you know, that's exactly, you know, cause sometimes when you get hurt or somebody hurts yes. you, right. you so don't want to be hurt anymore. So we get a calloused heart or we harden in certain. Yeah, we become unteachable. Maybe even protective. Like we think we're self-preserving yes. or protecting yes. our own heart. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's so dangerous because when we begin to harden our heart, we stop seeing what we're seeing and hearing what we're hearing and yeah. stop enjoying the adventure mm. of being with Jesus. I mean, one time I was thinking about um, like the disciples, they never really had a dull day. Hmm, I mean, true. they never knew what was gonna <laughs> happen that day. Totally. But like, are we gonna heal some blind? Or are we gonna heal some lepers? Or, you know, and John said, if we were to write down everything that took place mm. in a day with Jesus, you know, all the books in the world would not hold yeah. the information mm -hmm. that we could fill these books with. John chapter 21, mm -hmm. uh, loose paraphrase. But I just love that idea. And I want to enjoy every day with Jesus mm -hmm. and see all the miracles. Right now the roses are blooming. And every rose is such a miracle. I want to look at the roses and just yeah. like, mm -hmm. wow. Well, and know? one of my takeaways with that is just having a grateful heart. And yes. that's something the Lord's been working on me this last few weeks is purposely choosing to be grateful and finding mm -hmm. specific things mm -hmm. and calling those out. Because sometimes like, like they're so busy, they're just going along, God's doing this, Jesus is doing that, and healing and doing all this. They're not stopping to see the work that He's doing and yeah, choosing process. to be grateful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like yeah. when we do, when we are thankful and we actually speak out those things we're thankful for, it just, it changes our hearts, it, it softens does. our hearts soft. and exactly. lets us see Him. After Amen. my stay in the hospital mm -hmm. and you know, when everything shut down, you don't even know if you're gonna live. I mean, I'm so thankful for paramedics. I'm so thankful for, I mean, I'm thankful for body functions. It's like crazy, the, the things you get things. thankful mm -hmm. to be able to eat. You yeah. know, for two days, I just, this one little doctor kept coming in. I never really saw her face because she had the mask on. And she just kept popping in my room going, no food or drink, no food Aww. or drink. And that's all, you know, like every two hours, no food or drink because of the surgery and everything yeah. that needed to take place. And you get so thankful. And maybe that's what they needed, a near-death experience. Mm. <laughs> And the straining and you yeah. know, then the fear of seeing Jesus in a whole different light coming across the water right. to be thankful again. Uh, just as a, a notation, the Galilee, a fun fact, mm -hmm. is 13 miles long and yes. eight miles wide. Yes. And so it was probably bigger in Jesus' uh, time. Really? It could have, uh -huh, because um, it's been- um, Receding? Yes, because of it's uh -huh. part of the water um, for the, or the crops or and the, stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah. that for um, Israel. Yeah. So it could have been as much as, um, you know, uh, could have been even up to 20 miles long and huh. could have even been wow. wider. And so yeah. then John's gospel said that they had been straining at the oars for like three to four miles. So do you think they were about like Halfway. three hours or mm -hmm. something into this? Mm -hmm. Well, well think about it because it's early came. in the morning yeah. that they've I'm come. And I night. think they probably wanted to get across the sea before it went dark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they probably thought they could make it. You know, it reminds me of the, um, Gilligan's Island. Mm -hmm. oh. The three hour cruise. Three hour oh, cruise. Yes. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yep. Yeah. And that you know that this took much longer. And so it's in the it's in the early morning that he's mm -hmm. coming out to them. And so it's not to negate. They were in a serious storm. Oh, yes. These are seasoned fishermen. That's right. They couldn't get control of their boat. That's yep. right. I'll never yep. forget when about a year ago I was paddleboarding in Mexico and the guy let us go out, but he's like, It's kinda windy. I'm not sure it's a good idea. And it looked calm enough. And yeah. so we went 
went out and we got stuck out there and started getting sucked out to sea. And I was trying everything I could to get even an inch. And every every time I would paddle, I would go back towards oh the ocean gosh. two more feet. And so I was getting panicked, like, I'm never gonna make it. I'm never gonna make it back into shore. And finally I gave up and got down on my knees and then I realized my body had been acting like a sail this whole time oh my and making it so that I was being sucked out. As soon as I got on my knees, I was able to paddle in. And it made me think, wow. when we're in the storm Whoa. sometimes, wow. we have to get on our knees yeah. and then we can that have so the good. ability to get wow. back to a great illustration. <laughs> yes, really good. It. But it just made me think, this mm. was yes. a serious storm that they yes. were in. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. and Jesus met them in it. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to day 33. Mark 6, 53 through 56. Mm. That's Is a short one. Your turn? You? You I, I just read it, right? Oh, I'll do it, I'll do it, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the short one. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat immediately, the people recognized him, ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were made well. Okay, so how did the people respond when they recognized Jesus? Well, desperation again, you know, mm -hmm. they just came running, they didn't care where the, he was, they were gonna bring everyone to him that had a need. I read that this is the third summary of Jesus' ministry, that Mark has these, he capsulates hmm. Jesus' ministry. Hmm. So the first one is in Mark 1, 35 through 38, when he tells you what took place outside of Peter's house. He just kind of encapsulates the whole thing, all these people, hmm. and, and then you've got Mark 3, um, 7 through 12, and that's where all the people are pressing in on him and he has a small boat ready for him, but he encapsulates all the healings. I mean, he just kind of like summarizes it really quickly. I mean, you're not told the individual stories. Like you were saying, if they wrote everything down, there'd yes. be volumes and volumes of it. Yeah. Yes, but he's, he's, he's hmm. capsulating because there's so much more that, you know, he, he, he can't really deliberate because it's just so much. It's, it's so overwhelming, all the great things mm. that Jesus is doing. He's just mm. doing so much, you know? Isn't that so crazy? I guess, because we get all the, I think sometimes when you're familiar with the gospels, you just think of these were these are the incidents. This uh, is what happened. And you mm -hmm. forget how mm -hmm. expansive this was. Yes. And yes. how many more crazy yes. things that That's we don't right. know about. Like it's yes. just scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the overall picture is everywhere Jesus went, That's right. he touched people, he healed people, yes. and he set people free. I think yes. like what Cheryl said um, maybe a couple weeks ago, like that Jesus couldn't resist need. Yes. I mean, just yes. the fact like you have need, I'm here. <laughs> mm -hmm. But also now before they were pressing in on him, they're pressing him and they weren't really respecting him. Yeah. Now I think his reputation is getting around and it says that they're laying their sick before him. Yeah, that's and interesting. they're bringing to the marketplace and they're laying their sick before him and begging him to touch mm. and seeking to touch the hem of his garment. So I also see that there's a level of recognition and awe, appreciation, and respect that's happening mm. as they're getting to know Jesus okay. and- uh, Interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Progress. Yeah. yeah. Any takeaways for you, Jasmine? Um, just again, the fact this was just a very simple little passage here. Mm -hmm. But the, my main thing was that Jesus never ran out of compassion, willingness, or power. You know, he just yep. never ran out, and we've already kind of seen that with the miracle of the loaves and the fish. Mine is and, very yeah. similar. Mine too. Yeah. And I just the only other thing was just that he's the shepherd. Like he has that heart of compassion for the people, yep. where he sees their greatest need, and that's what he wants to meet. I, I love that he's not overwhelmed by human need. Sometimes yeah, when we see human need, it's just like, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. it, it's too much, I can't, there's too many sick people. There's, there's too much pain here, mm -hmm. there's too much. And he's not overwhelmed by human need. Hmm. Yeah. I think it was Ravi Zacharias that said, wherever you find need, wherever you find pain, wherever you find sorrow, you'll find Jesus in the midst of it, mm -hmm. ministering. Wow, wow. That's encouraging. And that, when you mentioned the shepherd, it just made me think of, you know, how, you know, pastors and ministers today that have that heart, what a contrast that is to those that are in it for gain. It's like, mm -hmm. that is so completely antithetical to the heart of Jesus. I just think how, grieve, how grieved he must be by that. Because when you see, you know, a pastor really serving, shepherding, it's like, yeah. oh, that's, that was Jesus' heart. It's just. And, and then one more thing, everyone who touched him was healed. 
Mm. And I think, how, much, how many people got that idea from that woman? Mm. Who touched her? Oh yeah, the hem so of the garment. Could it have been her testimony? Yes. And so now they just want to touch the garment. Well, because you know word got around. Yes. I mean, the, all of yes. these, That's you know, stories. But look, there were a lot of people pressing on him, not getting anything. Now those who are respectfully leaning down, they're all touching him with a touch of faith. Mm-hmm. There, there's. It's not just um, her testimony has given others. Like if I can just touch him. All be healed. And the friends of the paralytic, you know, bringing the friend and Jesus saw their faith. And he, you know, so there's, yeah, there's something there. Yeah, the ripple effect of this And again, the respect that's coming too. I like that. So good. Mm. Ripple effect of faith. Yes. Okay, so moving on to day 34. This is one of my favorite days, believe it or not. Seven, one through 13. Cheryl, do you want to read it? Since it's your favorite. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. it's the next part that really gets me. Oh, but, oops, okay. but I can do this. We're going to get there. Yes. The Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him. They observed that some of his disciples were eating bread with unclean, that is, unwashed mm. hands. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, keeping the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, They do not eat unless they have washed. And there are many other customs they have received and keep, like the washing of cups, pitchers, kettles, and dining couches. So the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating bread with ceremonially unclean hands? He answered them, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines, teaching as doctrines, oh. <laughs> human commands. I've tried to see where I, uh, I'm supposed to end. Till 13. Oh, 13. 13, thank you. All the way till Abandoning the command of God, you hold on to human traditions. He also said to them, you have a fine way of invalidating God's command in order to set up mm. your traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you might have received from me is Corban, that is an offering devoted to God. You no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God by your traditions that you have handed down and you do many other similar things. Mm -hmm. Wow. So in uh, Matthew 15, it's referred to this um, tradition of this washing is called an age old tradition. So mm. this wasn't like washing our hands for hygiene. Like nope. right now we're supposed to wash for 20 right, seconds, right? right? right, right. Exactly. This is the religious ceremonial washing right. where they had to do like one way at first yeah. and then another way. Let the water drip down mm-hmm. your hands. Yeah. And it was for show. It mm. was look, I'm, I'm washing, yeah. looking. And they thought God liked it this way. Mm. They thought this is, they thought they were pleasing God by this ritual and taking this time and, and doing it this way and, and, you know, showing people, look how holy, like we're totally, totally clean, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what did Jesus, oh, go ahead. No, and so obviously, yeah, they, they found fault. That's what just the phrase that stood out to me here was they found fault with the fact that Jesus' disciples didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, that's the easiest thing to do is to find fault and how important it is to be careful what we're finding fault with. <laughs> their, their, their standard was traditions, not yep, the word of God. Exactly. And how many people find fault because of traditions that the church has developed? Oh my goodness, uh-huh. Like yes. the way we do communion. Yeah. Or right. whether you do an altar call or don't do an altar call, the way you baptize. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many yeah. of the, the um, criticisms are the way People do things. I remember when my dad first had guitars. Oh, he was so criticized. Um, guitars in the church and then drums on the main oh, stage. Oh. And yeah, the, the things that he began, you know, a lot of people, they loved my dad at the end hmm. because they didn't know him at the beginning. Interesting. And when he was an iconoclast and when he was going through all the rejection, mm-hmm. they didn't know I was the there. Yes. Right. And when he was breaking all of the, the traditions of the church and he was so in trouble mm. um, by the um, 
by the evangelical community that would find out hippies, bare mm -hmm. feet, people allowed to bare feet, girls allowed to wear slacks on Sunday mornings, <laughs> uh, spaghetti straps. Do you know we grew up <laughs> in a denomination where you weren't allowed to wear sleeveless clothes? Wow. On mm -hmm. Sunday mornings or to church. Or to go to that show, to movie oh, theater. to go to any movies. In fact, I remember my dad felt conviction the whole time he sat through Ben Hur. Um, it was this this time, and I just think about, like you said, we don't want to be become like the Pharisees. And mm -hmm. the word hypocrite mm. that he uses is not like a mean term. He is saying you people hide behind a mask. Yeah, they're so using that's, it to look right. like they're pure, but exactly their hearts. You're are hiding God. behind a mask, and that's mm. the literal rending of those. You people who hide behind a mask. And isn't it, it must, it's just like a, I think because it ruptures human nature. Human nature is, we're creatures of habit. We like habits. It's Routine. safe for mm -hmm. us to get into a tradition. Mm -hmm. And to rupture that is like, <gasps> If you get something done that you can do something good, mm. then you kind of say, well, at least I can do this thing really good. Yes. And I can do this better than everybody else. So this is my in. Mm -hmm. But when you're put on level ground with everybody else, it's like, well, what do I have that makes me special? You yeah, know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And well, so we hold on to traditions sometimes. Yeah, and I, we see here that this was really pride for them because mm -hmm. they were saying that they wouldn't, they couldn't do something for their parents. They couldn't, this example that was given, oh Bryce, they couldn't yeah. give a gift to their parents because that money was going to God. Mm -hmm. And so here yeah. they're neglecting the actual yeah. need of taking care yeah. of their and parents. And Corban yes. meant that they were still living on this money. And mm -hmm. so God is using that money that I dedicated to Him to mm. take care of me instead of my parents. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I mean, it's even worse. But it's said actually so that these traditions nullify. Yeah. They huh. make the Word of God of no effect. Mm -hmm. It loses its power. Yeah, that's what, that. yes, that's what really struck me, that this was keeping them from actually following the real Word of God. I even thought of, and I've used this before, the, the medieval church, or mm -hmm. even the, the Orthodox church, and how they put the tradition on par with Scripture, if mm -hmm. not higher. higher we, have to, yeah. we have to look right. at the, you know, the words of the church fathers more than the Word of God. It's like, whoa, how did we get mm -hmm. this far off? It's amazing. And they got so Powerful tradition. They got so off, so you know, off. with the yeah. penance and, um, oh, and those things ro were pagan. Rosary, the crazy yes. things that yeah. they brought into the church. <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't put the word of God first and foremost. Yeah. And, and again, people take man's word over actually reading God's word for themselves. Mind boggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, mean, mm -hmm. I remember uh, with, uh, I think it was Ulrich Zwingli, they, that he was warned, like, don't read the Bible for yourself. It'll mess you up. It'll Ooh. mess up your doctrine. Mm -hmm. You have to read through the church fathers to get the right doctrine. Mm -hmm. So it's, a, yeah, it's kind of mind blowing when wow. you really, Think about and it. they were using tradition as a way of getting around what God required. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While yep. still trying to appear spiritual. Mm -hmm. mm. You yeah. know, and I think that's what tradition does. It mm -hmm. gives you an outward spirituality that has nothing to do with the inward reality. And then you don't have to follow the the, the two great commandments, love, that's loving right. God and yes. loving your neighbor as yourself. Right. Exactly. That can be much more inconvenient than just having my little ritual, mm -hmm. having to be messy and get down in the but dirt with people. how many people with all their incredible traditions? And mm. I remember this one lady that would always talk about the crucified life, the crucified life. And she was one of the meanest people I ever knew. Ooh. And she was so demanding of others. Mm. And there's something so attractive about a loving person. Mm -hmm. um, mm. You were talking about, I think it might've been uh, last week or maybe it was this week, I can't remember, about uh, Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and how yeah. being thankful mm -hmm. um, made you, you know, just changed everything. But that thankful spirit too mm -hmm. is a loving spirit, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because you're so thankful for others and you just, um, I, I think love and gratitude go hand mm -hmm. in hand. Mm -hmm. And um, so again, and what would be an act of love to take care of your parents? Right? Yes. And to honor your parents. That is, you know, again, all the law is summed up in this. Mm. Love the Lord your God yeah. with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So here's a command to love your parents. Mm -hmm. And instead they substituted it with a tradition. Mm -hmm. yeah. I might not do that, but look what I do do. I see, wash my hands. Yeah, and we see the Pharisees doing this over and over again right. where they're choosing to follow right. the laws right. instead mm. of do the loving thing, like calling Jesus out on why are you letting your disciples eat on the Sabbath and yeah. grab some grain or why are you healing this guy right. on the Sabbath? So good. Mm -hmm. And he, mm -hmm. they're denying the loving thing of healing and feeding mm. and they're they're missing the point of what God instituted these things for. Yes, mm -hmm. and, and, and the simplicity of that, really, mm -hmm. going back again to the simplicity, these laws were so complex complex, all of mm -hmm. these rituals. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says, just simply love 
everything else will flow out of that, mm -hmm. you know, all the other things will, you know. This part that we're reading right now, which actually will go into the next day, is the longest mm -hmm. conflict speech in the Gospel of Mark. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. The longest Interesting. in Mark. Um, yes, the other Gospels have it where Jesus is teaching. We hear his teaching a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I also, for my takeaway, just... I put, be real, God requires truth in the inward parts, mm. Psalm 51, six. Mm. And I put, don't allow ritual tradition, um, handed down ways of doing things to dominate. Mm. Excellent. Um, you know, my, my takeaway was, I, I love that Jesus used the scriptures to show mm -hmm. them. I mean, mm -hmm. wow, what a way mm -hmm. to come back at them. And it was just a reminder to me too, the importance of using the word to stand on, you know, mm -hmm. instead of my own, opinions or feelings about yeah. something. Tradition. Yeah. To stand on the word and not tradition. And that's your point about the the church too, which is so, so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. yes. <laughs> no, I love that. I, that's that's gonna stay with me for a mm -hmm. long time. So good. Long time. Every time I try to wash my hands. Yeah, that's right, Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> or my kettle. Or my dining couch. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to day 35, Mark 7, 14 through mm. 23. I guess I'll read. Yes. When he had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had entered into a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from the outside cannot defile him because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach and it's eliminated, thus purifying all foods. And he said to them, what comes out of a man that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a man. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> so what causes defilement in a man? The things that are already in the heart. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. a scripture in Jeremiah that talks about these sins are lodged in your heart. Mm. Mm. And you think about things kind of being stuck in the crevices. Mm -hmm. And um, Angie, I know you'll relate to this because we always talk cleaning. I don't know uh -huh. why you and I talk cleaning, <laughs> but we talk cleaning a lot. But I was thinking about how a little bit of mildew will show up in your bathtub. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mm. take care of it right away with bleach, it just grows out from that. Mm, and you have to true. like, you have to be on it and keep on it to keep the mildew away. And I was thinking like those things that are lodged in our heart, mm -hmm. uh, like they'll get gangrene, you know, they'll just, they'll, uh, they'll take over and they'll, mm -hmm. they'll become septic to the mm -hmm. whole system. Or like a root, even with Septus. that, it's yes. like you have to get to the root of it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get the root out, mm -hmm. um, just like with weeding your garden, mm -hmm. it's gonna keep growing back up mm -hmm. again. If you just pluck off the top and you're like, okay, I've dealt with that, but don't deal with the root, it's gonna resurface and keep coming back up. Yeah, and doesn't that go back to what Jesus was telling the disciples to go preach? Preach repentance, mm -hmm. because it's sin, it's the heart. That's where the issue is. That's what people need to, it's not like just, stop smoking or stop doing drugs, right. you know, cleaning up all these things. You have to get to the heart issues because this is where all this junk is. Okay, like, whoa. so he brings up in uh, verses 21 through 23, 13 mm -hmm. moral problems. Yeah, wow. Eight are, are actions mm. and five are attitudes. Ooh. And I thought that was really interesting, Pride. but the action yep. would be like evil thoughts, mm -hmm. sexual immoralities, yeah. Murder. thefts. Yeah. And um, the idea too is these are all ongoing. Murders, mm. um, adulteries, see it's murders, they're plural, immoralities, evil thoughts, um, thefts. So like ongoing, more than one, multiple times. Mm. Um, like a pattern of life. Right, adulteries, uh, self-indulgence, mm. um, evil actions, and slander. Wow, yeah. And then the attitudes are greed, deceit, envy, pride, and foolishness. Or I thought about dispositions of the heart inclinations of the heart. Like you think of an inclination, um, if you're sitting on a, um, I, have, I had this bicycle and the seat always like this and I was always sliding off. There's an inclination <laughs> yeah, just to slide off yeah. because the seat just went like this. 
And I think about an inclination, it just kind of leads you mm -hmm. right back to that, that place where you keep like, if you don't forgive somebody, you're gonna keep, everything's gonna leave you off at that unforgiveness, mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Or you're gonna have this other attitude, but if you, if you trace it down, it's gonna go right back to that mm -hmm. unforgiveness. We can't, like you said, we can't leave these things alone in the heart. Mm -hmm. They'll defile everything. Yeah, yeah. Like Paul said, wretched yeah. man that I am. It's like, oh my goodness, it's mm -hmm. just there. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I also thought of, um, I was thinking of Elizabeth Fry. <laughs> we keep bringing up all these people. Um, Elizabeth Fry was a great prison reformer in England. And, uh, you know, but it was so cool because she totally, you know, you see the lives of these prisoners completely transformed. And people are like, what's your secret? What did you do? And she went before the House of Lords, which would be like our Congress, mm -hmm. and said, you know, we you need to bring. A little higher. Yeah, a little higher than that. Yeah. And she said, you know, we have to introduce the Bible because you're not going to be able to change the heart if you don't do that. And that was the key to what she did. She would go in and read the Bible to the prisoners every day. She would help them with practical needs. Mm -hmm. But like you were saying mm -hmm. about the Salvation Army, mm -hmm. teach first, bring the word. And then, and she said, that's where you're gonna make the change right. in the heart and that is gonna reform these prisoners. That's why they're changing. I just read um, an interesting um, article and it said, where men are no longer encouraged to have a personal integrity, mm. um, you will have greater national legislation. Interesting. Ooh. Wow. And I was thinking yeah, about there's no rules. longer a thrust for personal integrity mm -hmm. or ethics. Yeah. There's no ethics in our society anymore. We don't, you know, virtue and mm. we're not taught these mm -hmm. things. And because of that, we have to legislate. You have yeah. to, the, 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 you know, uh, Supreme Court has to come in and say, you need to be nice to all people. Mm -hmm regardless of their sexual um, orientation, orientation yeah. or their, um, um, uh, you know, color of skin. Race, gender, yeah. All of well, the, Jesus said we're to love everybody, to love our neighbor right. as ourselves. Well, who's your neighbor? Well, it's whoever's in need. Mm -hmm. And if we had that, that truth in the inward parts yes. with Jesus, we wouldn't need a law telling us, you know, um, you wouldn't have to have laws against hate speech mm. if we had personal integrity about how we spoke. Mm. I also think about the, the scripture out of the abundance of mm -hmm. the heart. That written down. The mouth speaks. Yeah. Matthew 12, 34. Right, mm. and I remember it from one, two, three, four. But, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, but if I'm not, because it's so basic. Yeah. If I don't remember the one, two, three, four, perfect. it's gotta be in my heart. And I, um, I wanna fill my heart with love and joy and these things. Mm -hmm. So they'll be the things that come out mm -hmm. when, I'm, yes. uh, when I'm hurt or when I'm crushed or when things are hard. That um, as Spurgeon used to say, if someone's cut, that I would bleed Bibleine. Mm. Or I've heard it said too, like when you've got a pitcher of water, when yes. it's bumped, whatever's inside is what's gonna spill out. Yes. Right. So it's like, yeah. I want to have Jesus inside me yes. that when I'm bumped, what spills out is gonna be satisfying. Yes. And you know, it's funny, that was the rest of that quote from Elizabeth Fry. She said, you can make all these laws, but until you let the word of God do its work in somebody's heart, Jesus mm -hmm. working in somebody's heart and life, things mm -hmm. aren't gonna change. I think That's one of really the problems is that the church hasn't been the example it should be. Yes. You know, that if we were living for Jesus completely mm -hmm. and not for our comforts, if we continue to show love and give an example to the world, we might not need this legislation. Good point. You know? Another thing I keep yeah. thinking too, though, is that whole thought as humans, we always have this thing of like, we want to um, earn our salvation and right, we yeah. want to reform ourselves. Right. But we have to recognize that there's no good thing in my heart and we right. have to come to the Lord and let Him change us. We can't reform ourselves. Yes. And if humans are just trying to reform themselves by all these new laws to be better, they're not going to be any better. Yeah, it doesn't. We have doesn't to come really back change. to Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like that question when you see something like this in yourself or others. Yes. How will this prompt you to pray? And it's kind of mm -hmm. like you were saying, mm -hmm. I pray for eradication, mm -hmm. but I pray exactly. like, Lord, I confess it. You know, because again, quickly, quickly saying, you know, truth in the inward parts, it, he already knows it's there. Yeah, mm. It's so much better just to confess it. Mm -hmm. And confess means to agree with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if the Lord says, you've got hatred in your heart, no. <laughs> no, that's righteous indignation. The Lord's like, no, it's <laughs> hatred. And you're like, Ugh. and if we just say, oh, do I, Lord? 
Is that a hatred? Please get rid of it. That's so ugly. I mean, sometimes it's like, not my heart. You know, and why do I think my heart's so much better than it is? You know, like, why do I think I'm incapable of these things? You know, I think the more you grow in the Lord, you're like, this heart's capable of anything, you know? It needs Jesus so like desperately. Isaiah, the closer he got to Jesus, yes. whoa am I, I'm a man yes. of unclean lips. Right, yeah. I need Jesus. Mm -hmm. Boy, exactly, and even praying for others. I, I, sometimes I just find myself wanting to pray that God would fix their circumstances instead of, Lord, do a work in their heart. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's what's really gonna help and change, mm -hmm. you know? And that's really what this whole day is about. It's looking at the heart. Yep. Yes, and I like um, bringing things under the authority of Jesus Christ. Mm. Once I clean that place, mm -hmm. I say, Lord, I bring this place under the authority of yeah. Jesus Christ, not under the authority of um, hatred or jealousy or whatever was there before, but it's now, I claim it for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important that's to, to give it to Jesus. And then another thing, I think, um, I cleaned my house a couple weeks ago in COVID and it took me forever, but I got really ruthless. Mm. And I'm throwing things out and I'm just like ruthless. I'm cleaning the baseboards and stuff. And I was thinking, I wanna be ruthless with Ooh. the cleansing of my heart. That's so good. I want it to be like sparkly clean, mm -hmm. like that Jesus is like, yes, this this looks good. So deal with it quickly, deal with it completely. Yeah. Don't leave yeah. anything. That's yeah. right, and ruthlessly. Like, yes, I got that, I want it out. I want it under the authority of Jesus Christ, you know? So I just wrote down a couple, okay, 830 times is heart in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I put Jeremiah 17, nine, uh, which is um, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I put in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence Good. because out of it comes the issues of life. And then I put Psalm 53.1 because it says the fool is said in his heart, mm, there is no so God. And then it says, and they've all become corrupt and all these things. And I thought, wow, when, when it hits the heart, that's when it's really Mm, you know, so. so. Well, I didn't realize we're almost out of time. So okay. let's Whoops. move on to yeah. the last oh, day. Man, this is a good one. Oh, I wow. know. Phoenician woman. Oh, yes. I love her. Me too. Mark 7, 24 through 30. I lost Wait, track. Is it your turn, just Jazz? read it really fast. Yeah. Auctioneer style. I'm yeah. just kidding. All right. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the, little, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Mm -hmm. so okay, good. so earlier, Cheryl, you were talking about deficits. And here mm. I see a woman with many deficits. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gentile, mm -hmm. Syrophoenician. Um, it's kind of like when it says in Ephesians that you, we were aliens, mm -hmm. foreigners, um, removed from the Messiah and the covenants of God. And so you see all of this, and yet um, Jesus can't be hidden in this house. I love that he can't be hidden. Yeah. When he's in a house, mm -hmm. he can't be hidden. And she comes and she's gonna do whatever it takes to get to Jesus, mm -hmm. whatever it takes. And I think she must have seen, she knew he could do this. She knew yes. his ability and she'd seen, I'm sure she'd seen his compassion. And so based on what she knew about Jesus, she came just with such persistence. Yes, but kind of like you were saying too, back to the deficits a little bit, but that's true too. Mm. It's like, she's willing to cross racial borders. Yes, mm -hmm. the She's willing to cross national borders. She's willing to um, uh, cross cultural borders. Uh, barriers, um, whatever it mm. takes to get to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then when Jesus talks to her, it's not like super nice. Yeah. Like the first thing he says is, you know, well, you know, I'm really here for Israel. Mm -hmm. And instead of getting like totally put off, she's encouraged. 
And I think some, stop. Right, sometimes yeah. when we don't hear the answer we want from Jesus right away, mm, yep. we want to stop praying and, okay, well, we'll seek somebody else. And again, I believe that this whole episode is just to draw out her faith and yep. to show the disciples, this is the faith. And look, a Gentile woman can, and he commends her in um, Matthew 15, 28, great, uh, great is your faith. Mm. He commends her faith to the disciples. Mm -hmm. He wants them to see, look at this. And even marvels and he commends it. Here's a Gentile yeah. woman, again, outside the promises with all mm -hmm. the deficits, but she won't give up. Mm -hmm. She will not leave Jesus because like you said, He's got what she needs and she knows it and she knows there's n no one else. No other way. Yeah. No, no one else. Um, no one in the Gentile world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if she has to take crumbs, then let it be uh -huh. crumbs. Yeah. And the Whatever crumbs it will takes. be enough. She the knew she had enough crumbs will be enough, that would right? Be enough. Really How remarkable. powerful those crumbs are. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. know, interesting because here are, you know, even though there are Jews that are following Jesus that want Jesus, there there is that minority in Israel that does not want Jesus. Mm -hmm. It might've been a majority, but the religious yeah. that don't want Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, hey, if they don't want you, I'll take all that they don't mm -hmm. want. Totally. All that falls from the table, all I'll take. And sometimes I think, when I think of persistent prayer, I don't know why, even though I know what the word says, sometimes I think I'm bugging him. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm probably gonna bug him again about this. I know we've prayed about this. I prayed about this a lot, Lord. But just that reminder again, it, he's not bothered. He loves that. Yeah. He loves the persistence. I do, and I love that verse. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Luke yeah, 18, but you one. just gotta look at that. And the, just, yeah. That widow and how persistent she was, yes, and how she was, and how the judge said she's bugging me. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> maybe we did an NLT. Yeah, maybe I should do that. No, totally. Pestering. But you know, keep asking, yes. keep, keep yeah. seeking, keep knocking. Jesus yes. wants us to do that, That's and I, I, it's just so encouraging. Yeah, I know mm -hmm. He wants to hear your voice. Yes, mm -hmm. Amen. Exactly. You know, I was just reading in the Psalms today, which is interesting because it says morning, noon, and night. I I think I was in Psalm 54, 55, but he says, morning, noon, or night, I'm going to give you my complaint. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna complain before you. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, complaining about God is bad. Complaining about our circumstances is bad, but complaining to God, yes. like processing with God, because yep, a lot right. of the Psalms start out as complaints. Yeah. But by the end, they're like these praise-a-thons. So to process, and prayer should be processing. Yes. It should be like that conversation where we process with mm -hmm. God. Well, it's like when you, you know, we feel like privileged when a friend or yes. somebody comes to us to tell them a problem because they trust us. And I was yes. like, well, how, of course God feels that way. Yes. He's like, oh, thank you for walking through this with me, or for yeah. letting me walk through this with you and bringing you the I truth. I actually help you with this. Yes, thing. it's yes. relationship. Yes. That's yep. what he wants. Back yeah. to relationship. Yeah. yeah. And this was good too, because the mom was coming on behalf of someone else. She was coming mm -hmm. on behalf of her daughter. Mm -hmm. And like how many times we can come on behalf of people that need Jesus and need to be healed and touched. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't need to go with this woman, right? Yes. He could that just speak a word. And she believed that word. Yeah. And I love the fact, I, look at how great her faith is. First of mm -hmm. all, she it's persevering, yep. right? It's it's. It's crossing whatever barriers. Mm -hmm. It's willing to take whatever Jesus gives. Not deterred. It's yeah. not deterred. It's excited when it hears Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then finally, it believes the word and it goes out on that word. Mm -hmm. On that word, it goes. And isn't it interesting, like her as a Gentile and then the centurion, he was the other yes. one who said, all you have to do is say the word yeah. Jesus. Yes. You don't have to come with yes. me. Mm -hmm. Those Gentiles were the ones who had that remarkable mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, I, the, my takeaway for the day was just thinking of that verse in 1 Samuel 16, where it says, the Lord doesn't see as mm. man sees, but yes. he looks at the heart and he saw the heart of this Gentile woman and mm. he loved it and he responded to it. Yeah. So any last takeaways before we close today? Just that when Jesus says it, it's a done deal. Like if he okay. says, he's, you know what I mean? Hey, your daughter's well, okay. And just Believe going home, it. believing, I just, that just blessed me. I'm like, man, Lord, whatever you've spoken to me, your promises, those are a done deal. Mm -hmm. And I can just reckon them to be so, even if I don't immediately see the results. She didn't mm -hmm. see it till she got home, but believing and knowing mm -hmm. it, it's truth. It, he said it, it's I, done. We used to have this saying, stand on the promises of God. Yes, yes. And there's, and there's a song, uh, old hymn, standing Sing. on the promises. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> standing on the promises of Christ my Savior. And there's something to standing on those promises and just saying, it is so because he said so. Mm.
Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And so we'll close with that. What a good word today. And again, we're just refocused on the importance of having that relationship with Jesus and that He wants to work on our hearts. He wants us to be weeding out those things that don't please Him. And He wants to transform our lives by the work that He does in us, His touch. And so we're so encouraged today to just have faith in watching Him do that. And we hope that you're encouraged too. And then just practically, to tell you next week, we're gonna be looking at days 37 through 42. And when I say next week, actually that reminded me, we're gonna be off next week because it's the 4th of July holiday. So July 3rd, we will not be here meeting, but we'll come back the following week, which is July 10th. And that's when we'll resume our study with days 37 through 42, looking at Mark 731 through 838. And I think we're gonna do another drawing that week when we come back on July 10th. I think there are two giveaways. Oh, two giveaways. <laughs> So you don't want to miss it. And I'll just show you the little teaser. <laughs> this is one of the goodies that we're going to be giving away. It's the ESV scripture journal through the book of Mark. It's a great companion to go with our Mark Challenge study. So invite a friend, follow us on Instagram at CCCM Women or on Facebook at CCCM Women. Invite a friend to join you 1015 on Fridays and we'll see you back here on July 10th. And Cheryl, do you want to close us I in prayer? I would love to. <laughs> Lord, we've seen the importance of our hearts before you. So Lord, right now we want to present our hearts to you. Lord, we want you to come in. We want you to search them out. Lord, we want you to cleanse our hearts. And Lord, more than that, we want you to fill our hearts with your presence and with your love and with your joy and all that you have to give. Lord, we thank you for all those who are doing the Mark Challenge, who are getting together with us every Friday. And we pray, Lord, give us pure hearts. Lord, let our hearts be reflections of your presence. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.